Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Hey everybody, we've got a real special treat for you. Um, we're going to do one show only today, and I'm excited to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins. This is a live broadcast, November 22nd, 2023. And you know what, I'll be honest with you, um, I was born 54 years ago. You know what, what a great way to celebrate my birthday. Amen. Many happy returns. God bless you. You know, should the Lord tarry, I hope to be around for more. And uh, we're here to occupy till he comes. So I'm excited to be with you folks today and celebrate. And let's get into the Word of God. Brother Michael, you want to open us up in prayer? Certainly. Well, first thing I'd like to do is pray for a gentleman in South America called Stephen. He's got Lyme's disease and it's causing him lots of problems. It's a terrible virus. So we pray for our Lord God to heal him. Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee, may deliver Stephen from Lyme's disease. And whoever's listening today, if anyone's got the radio on supernaturally by the power of God, anyone who's 
listening on the internet. We pray today, Lord, that you will bless them. Bless them when they hear every word that I speak today. We pray, Lord, we're talking about the fruits of pride, the sin of pride today, the original sin of Satan. And we pray anyone out there who is suffering with pride, please let them get delivered today, Lord, we pray. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Amen. Brother Michael, the microphone is yours. Take all the time you like. Thank you very much. Well, welcome. Uh, This is a unique opportunity to do this today. I wasn't expecting this show today. I made a mistake. I contacted Shannon and he was having some time off, but we've decided to do a show anyway. And I want to talk about original sin today, the sin of pride the sin that caused Satan to fall from heaven, the sin that put him in direct confrontation with God and God sent the angel Michael to kick him out of heaven. And what do we know about pride? Well, I always remember that that scripture that says pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. And one of the things I looked up today is haughty. It's a strange old word, and I wondered what it meant. Someone who is haughty is arrogant and full of pride. When you're haughty, you have a big attitude and act like you're better than other people. A haughty person acts superior and looks down on others. Haughty people are always right, overbearing, swaggering, obnoxious, and only care about their own opinions and their own standing. You know, I can't remember who told me this, but many, many years ago, I was speaking to someone and we was talking about why Satan got pride. And this person told me, and I can't remember who they were or where they got it for, But as we know, Satan was an anointed cherub, a covering angel. And he used to cover the world. He used to fly over the world uh, at God's command. And somebody told me when Satan was flying over the clear water, he looked down at the clear water and he saw his reflection off of the water. And of course, he was beautiful and he was made wonderfully well by God and he got pride he looked at that his reflection in the water and he decided how handsome he was how wonderful he looked how beautiful he was and that get that allowed pride to come into his life most people do not consider themselves to be proud or vulnerable to becoming proud They think that they only speak about their achievements. I've met many, many people in church who have false humility. They make out they're humble, but actually they're very proud. And let's have a look at 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17. And it gives us an indication of how pride can set into our lives. You know, the funny thing is, most people think pride's not 
important. Well, most people will say, I'm not proud. I just talk about how well I've done in life. I think that we have to do is remember that we do not boast for ourselves. We boast for what God has done for us. We say, without the Lord, I never would have achieved this. Without God, I would have never succeeded. But let's have a look what it says. In 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. Pride is the first sin, and the most serious sin. Pride is our greatest problem. Not the devil, not low self-esteem, not the way we were brought up, not of the injustices we suffered, but pride. Now, when we consider pride, we consider Satan. And I believe even Satan's deception of Eve, which boiled down to her getting to doubt God's single promise, was in reality carefully crafted and aimed at her pride. You see, Satan said to Eve when Eve said that she had been told, instructed by God, not to eat of the tree of life. Satan looked at her and said, did God really say that to you? Wouldn't God want you to be like God's? Wouldn't he want your eyes open so you could see all the things that gods can see? Now, that was aimed at Eve's pride. You know, when someone offers you something that's so fantastic that you haven't been offered before, you obviously think about yourself, well, I must be special. I must be special to be offered this. Surely, why would God create the tree of life with the knowledge of good and evil if he wouldn't want me to know that? Why did he do that? Why did he place me in this beautiful garden? So Satan is proud. Now, the first thing we have to realize that Satan spoke about his proud, his pride. He was quite open about it. He didn't hide it at all. He spoke well of himself. And he didn't care who heard. We've got these statements in the Bible. The first one we're going to is Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14. Hallelujah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which disweaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit 
also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. See how arrogant he is. I will be like the Most High. Satan has never had any instruction, but he's so full of pride that he will be like the Most High. Ezekiel 28 also speaks of this in verse 14 and 15. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of the fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Iniquity was found in thee. Satan got that sin of pride and he became arrogant. And he decided that he was going to destroy mankind and destroy God's creation. Now, what about us, the born-again believer? If you went up to most people in a church and said, I think you may be suffering from pride, they would get very angry with you. They would be really, really annoyed with you. But let's have a look. God hates pride. God hates pride and we must learn to hate pride as well. And we must love what God's love. How much do you hate pride? How much? You know, I watch football on Saturdays. My local team in South London is Crystal Palace. And when professional footballers score a goal, they run up and down, they kiss one another, they make a big fuss, they do acrobatic dances, and they really show off. They're really arrogant and proud. You know, when I first watched football when I was a young man, men used to go up to one another and shake hands and say, well done, that was a great strike, that was a good goal. But now pride has taken over. We have to be very, very careful about pride because pride is one of those sins that consumes us. It consumes us and we become overcome by pride and everything we do, we're proud about. Let's have a look. God hates pride. Let's have a look at the scriptures we've got here. And I'd like to thank Hope Bible Church, who on the internet have put on their wonderful scriptures concerning pride, which I've studied. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. God hates pride. Let's go. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride cometh, 
then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. You see, God hates the proud because the proud will become like Satan. They will know it all. They will think they're marvellous. And they think that God has an obligation to lift them higher than their fellow brothers and sisters. Now, this is the truth. I believe all people are created equal. Unfortunately, depending on your background, depending on your education, then not all your prospects in the future are equal. But God has created us equal. Hallelujah. Proverbs 16 Verse 5, and we've got some marvellous scriptures today. says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. We've got to listen to that. I'm going to read that again. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. So God will punish the proud. Anyone who's proud, who doesn't confess that sin, who doesn't repent of that sin, will be punished by God. Now the punishment will come on the judgment day. And we will not be able to escape. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When we have a haughty spirit, it's very difficult for us to change. We won't listen to anyone. If anyone tells us that we're proud, we won't listen. Because we've got that haughty spirit. It is controlling us. We pray. Let's have a look at Luke 14, verse 11, and see what it says. Luke 14, verse 11. Powerful scripture. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. We have to learn to humble ourselves, all of us. It doesn't matter who we are and what our positions are in the church. Many people want positions in the church because it makes them feel good about themselves. I was reading a teaching about being an elder, and I've met many elders who become elders in the church and become proud, and they have a haughty spirit. And they try to dominate and keep up, keep others down. That's not what being an elder is. And anyone who has a position in the church has to learn that we have to humble ourselves before God. If we wish to do the things that God has called us to do, and we want to be anointed to do those things, we must humble ourselves before the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Hallelujah. 14, verse 11. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased. If we're exalting ourselves into a high position, God will bring us down. 
But if he hum, if we humble ourselves before the Lord and we show humility, he will lift us up. Humility is absolutely critical to receiving God's grace. If we want to see, receive the grace of God and we want to do the things that God has called us to do, and we want to do them to the glorification of God. We must be humble. Humility is critical in our relationship with God. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. So what do we want? Do we want to be puffed up with our chest sticking out? Or do we want to receive the wisdom from the Lord? That's why humility is critical. Proverbs 15, verse 33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honour his humility. Many people go on award programs and they receive the honour from their peers and they go up on stage and they hear someone talking wonderful things about them and it must make them feel good. But when we read God's word, it says, and before honour is humility. Hallelujah. We'll continue to read these wonderful scriptures. Proverbs 18, verse 12. It says, Before destruction, the heart of the man is haughty, and before honour is humility. So to receive honour, if you have a haughty spirit, and you're a boaster, and you're arrogant, and you're puffed up, Remember what the Bible says, Jesus said, Be le- beware the leaven of the Pharisee. If we're puffed up, we're not going to receive honour. We're not going to receive it at all. Proverbs 29, verse 23, gives us another wonderful scripture a man's pride shall bring him low but honour shall uphold the humble in spirit what a wonderful scripture a man's pride shall bring him low but honour shall uphold the humble in spirit hallelujah God resists the proud in order to show them their need of him. This results in his glory. See, we need God. That's why we humble him. We can't do anything without God. Satan's biggest fall was he thought he was equal to God and he wanted his throne above the stars of God. If we think like that, we will be destroyed and we will not live with the Lord 
forever. Hallelujah. Praise be the name of Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. Hallelujah. We praise the name of Jesus. Have you ever felt proud? Have you ever passed an exam at school? And a lot of those around you failed that exam. Have you ever scored the winning goal in a soccer match? Have you ever won the athletics, the running race? Have you ever got an award for being the best in your church at Bible study? All of these things will make us proud unless we're humble in heart. Let's have a read of this now. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in meekness. In weakness. Forgive me, I'll read that again. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me? Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. We must all humble ourselves before the Lord. Satan will buffet us. Satan will come against us. Satan wants us to be proud. Now, humility is not knocking ourselves or talking ourselves down or putting ourselves down. It's a genuine sober assessment and our acknowledgement of walking in God's grace. It is using what God has given us for his glory, that we may glorify God. Humility is not a lack of direction, desire, and godly ambition. You see, when we have godly ambition, everything we do is for the glory of God, to glorify God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We don't wake up in the morning and say, what shall we do today? What shall I do today to glorify God? When we wake up in the morning, we pray, we worship God, and we wake, we wait for the Holy Spirit to direct us in 
what we're doing. Anyone remembers Saul? Before Saul was going into battle with the Philistines, when the Philistines was a threat to him, he decided to make sacrifice to God. He wasn't told to. The prophet never told him to. Samuel never told him to. But he lent on his own understanding, and that's one of the things people with pride do. They lean on their own understanding. Humility is not denying the work of God within you or with anyone in your church. Humility is not the pursuit of mediocrity or the pursuit of failure or the pursuit of underachievement. Humility is waiting on the Lord, not doing things based on our own understanding. We should pursue excellence in the church, but with a motivation of God's calling, not trying to impress people, not trying to impress people. You know, I've seen loads of deliverance ministers and they get someone on stage and they shout and scream at them and run round them. You know, a real deliverance minister will go up to someone when they're anointed. They might anoint them with oil. They might lay their hands on their head and they may say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, Spirit, to come out of this person now by the authority I have in Jesus Christ. Leave now in Jesus' name. But some people make a big show of everything, trying to impress others. Humility is not walking away from the truth. Humility is accepting the truth, but the truth that comes from God only. We are called to be righteous and humble. Yes, we are responsible to speak the truth in all things without being critical to others or hurtful to others. Pride is deceptive. It comes from deceit. The devil doesn't come to us and tell us we're proud. He will sneak around us. He will do everything he can to encourage us to feel proud. People may come up to you in the church and say, you see, I when I went to the church where I'm a pastor now, they had a pastor there for about 17 years and they loved him, they adored him. Unfortunately, they idolized him, many people in the church. So they made it very clear when I went there that I had to live up to his standards. Well, I didn't listen to that. I lived up to God's standards. God's standards and God's standards alone. I wasn't interested what the previous pastor did. I was only interested in how the congregation were. And I noticed very, very quickly that there was major flaws. There was pride. There was backbiting. There was gossiping. There was all things 
which are detrimental to a healthy growth in the church. So they didn't tell me I was any good. They told me the opposite. I didn't have to prove anything to them. I never tried to prove anything. All I did was heeded and answered the call of God. Jeremiah 49 verse 16 Thy terribleness have deceived thee and the pride of thine heart, O thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, that holdest the height of the hill, though thou shouldest make thy nest as high as the eagle, I will bring thee down from thence, saith the Lord. Satan will love us to be proud. Because when we're proud and when we continue to be proud, we we don't listen to anyone. We need to see good fruit in our life. And humility is a wonderful fruit. Are you examining your heart? And are you examining whether you are proud What really needs to change in your behaviour? Do you accept pride? Do you accept compliments from people? And do those compliments puff you up? If they do puff you up, you're really in trouble. Proverbs 16 verse 2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. You see, if we're our own judge, then we judge wrong. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't chase women, I don't watch pornography, I don't overeat, I go to church every Sunday. These are all the things that will make us proud because if we judge ourselves, then we're not being judged. If we judge ourselves, We're being proud. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21, verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. In a man's own eyes, he's, he's right. He's not proud. He's doing all great things for the Lord. But God doesn't look at his achievements. He looks at his heart to see that he's humble. We mustn't be proud. Hallelujah. I've got here 50 fruits of pride. I'm not going to read all 50, but I'm going to read some of them. I tend to be self-sufficient in the way I live. I don't need others around me. I'm able to look after myself. I tend to think I have enough strength, ability and wisdom to manage my own life. 
some people think that. They think they don't need anyone but themselves. I am often anxious about my life and future. I tend not to trust God, but rather trust myself. I have a hard time sleeping at night because of fearful thoughts and burdens I carry. That's the fruit of pride. You meet a brother and you say, look, my friend, let's, let's pray. Oh, I, I pray every night before I go to bed. I'll wait till I get home. Pride is sticking in. I'm self-conscious. I tend to replay things in my mind all the time that have happened. I'm very concerned what people think of me. I want people to think of me well so they respect me. These are the fruits of pride. I fear man more than God. I'm afraid of other people's opinions, what they think upon me. It makes me fearful. I'm afraid to stand for things that are right. I want to be popular. I want to make sure that people like me and people think I'm making decisions that will benefit others. I primarily seek the approval of man and not of God. I've seen so many people please us. When I came to the church, which I lead now, I was preaching things they never had heard before. I realized that many of the things that had been preached were people-pleasing subjects that made them feel good about themselves. You see, I do the opposite. I preach God. And I preach everyone in our church that Jesus is coming back soon and we've got to be prepared. I'm not going to tell them things they want to hear. I'm not going to tell them things that make them feel good about themselves. I'm going to tell them the truth, as God's word says. I often feel insecure. I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. I don't want to talk about things that I do not think that I'm competent to talk about. So we'll spend preaching, we'll spend Bible study talking about things that we understand. We're not going to test people. I regularly compare myself to others. I am a performance-oriented man. I feel that the harder I work, the greater self-worth I have. I'm self-critical. I need to be a perfectionist. I can't stand for things that are wrong or things that are not perfect. I want people to be impressed with me. I like to make my accomplishments known. I tend to be deceptive about myself. I find myself lying to preserve my reputation. I find myself hiding the truth about my past, especially about previous sins, weaknesses, 
I don't want people to know who I really am. I am ambitious. I want to get to the top. I need to have a position or a title. I prefer to be leading rather than following. I need to win all the time. I need to come out on top. I need people to listen to me. I don't want to listen to others. I like to be the center of attention. And draw attention to myself. I like to talk rather than listen. I want my opinion to be the most important opinion. I'm self-serving. When asked to do something, I find myself asking, how will doing this help me? Or will I not be recognized if I do this? I'm very, I'm not very excited about helping others to reach their goals. It tends to make me feel jealous or envious or critical to others who are doing well and being honored. I feel things in my life have made me superior to others. For example, the size of my house and what my house is worth the neighborhood I live in the neighborhood I live in which is a rich neighborhood with low crime my physical giftings how I run how I do things well how I belong to the tennis club the squash club the badminton club my spiritual giftings I wish to tell others about my anointing, the anointing that's upon me. My intellect and my educational qualifications. The exams I passed at school, the exams I passed at church. Being a good Christian and having people look at me as a good Christian my secular position or title at work, the type of car I drive, my salary, my looks. Do I have manicures? Do I have to make myself look good at all times? I tend to give myself credit for who I am and what I accomplish. I only occasionally think about or recognize that what I have has come from God. I am self-righteous. I believe I have something really special to offer God. And I think God did well to save me. I think God chose well when he saved me. I seldom think or recognize that my complete depravity and helplessness, helplessness is something that I'm guilty of. I regularly look at the sins of others. The scripture says in the Bible, 
why do you look in a, at a speck in your brother's eye when there's a plank sticking out of yours? I don't give God any decree or credit for the things that are good in my life. I feel that I deserve the things I have in my life. I believe I've earned them. I believe that they are all for me. I often feel ungrateful and moan and whine about things that are not going well in my life. When things go badly, I suffer from self-pity. Sometimes I blame God for that. Sometimes I say, God, why have you allowed this to happen to me? I tend to feel that if people disagree with me, they're mistreating me and they're picking on me. I am jealous of other people's abilities, possessions, positions at work. They're sporting prowess. I come across as insensitive to others when people come to me and ask for help. I'm dismissive of them. I have a know-it-all attitude. I feel impressed by my own knowledge. I sit and watch television of a night when quiz programs come on and I feel such pride when I can answer some of these difficult questions. I feel that there isn't much I can learn from others especially if they're younger than me or they're immature Christians. I believe there's nothing I can learn from them. I have a hard time listening to ordinary people. I judge people by their position at work or the money they've had or where they live, what neighbourhood they live in. I like to work out things in my own mind before I ever seek help from others. I interrupt people when they're talking. I always want to get the last word in. I want to be the final speaker. I don't get much out of biblical teaching. I tend to evaluate a speaker rather than my own life. I grumble when I hear something I've heard before. I listen to teaching with other people in mind. I constantly think of people in the church who need that teaching. That teaching's for them, not for me. I don't pursue correction in my life. I tend to be unteachable and slow to repent when corrected. I don't see correction as a positive thing and I get offended very easily when people try and correct me. I have a hard time admitting that I'm wrong, that I'm a sinner. I find myself covering up for the sins I've committed or making excuses. The Bible says, Confess your faults to one another that you may be healed, but I find that impossible. I find correction 
is really a private matter between me and God and other people shouldn't be involved. I resent people who attempt to correct me. I don't respond with gratefulness and sincere appreciation. Instead, I'm attempted to accuse them and tell them about their own shortcomings. And if they won't back down, I withdraw and walk away. When corrected, I become contentious and argumentative. I don't take people seriously. I minimise their arguments or make excuses or give explanations. I'm easily angered and offended. I don't like being crossed and I hold grudges with anyone who crosses me. It makes me feel wrong. I have personality problems with others. I have a hard time getting on with people, especially people who are like me. I want to be top of the tree. I'm self-willed, I'm stubborn. I try not to cooperate with others. I prefer to do things my own way. I'm independent. I don't get much out of meetings in church unless I'm the one who's speaking more than anyone else. I lack respect for other people unless they respect me first. I have a hard time encouraging and honouring others unless they really do something great. I'm a slanderer. When I find out that there's something wrong with someone, I spread those evil reports about others. I'm not concerned about the effect of what I'm doing on their level. I will only share with others things I think they really need to know. I don't tell them anything else. Things that I think will help them I hold back. I'm divisive. I tend to resent authority. I don't like people giving me orders or telling me what to do. When people try to, I put them in their place. Others need to be humble. It's for others, not for me. I tend to be critical all the time. I find myself talking negatively about people. I find it far easier to evaluate than to encourage someone else. This is number 50. I, I really appreciate somebody taking the time to put things together if it's a help for me. However, I don't really need this because I believe I'm pretty humble already. It's everyone else who's proud, not me. These are some of the things that pride, proud people do. That's their views of themselves. Now, that might be pretty harsh, some of the things I've said. But when you're working with proud people, 
When I first went to the church I'm pastor now, I had an elder trying to correct me when I was reading scripture. And he would come up to me after the meeting and he said, I think you read this scripture wrong or quoted this scripture wrong. And every time I would sit down with him, open the Bible, and it was he that got it wrong. It come to a head one day when I was preaching on Abraham. And we came to the bit when Sarah said to Abraham, have you considered my handmaiden Hagar? Because she doubted God when God had promised that she would give Abraham a son and heir. When I preached on this, he stopped me after the church and said, oh, pastor, you read that wrong. I said, did I? What did I do? It wasn't Sarah that told Abraham to go with Hagar, it was God. And I said, are you sure about that? And he said, I said, find it in the scripture. And he opened up the pages and, of course, he couldn't find it. And he went red and he was humiliated and he walked away. This was all. And people in the church said, oh, don't worry about this. They do this to everyone who comes to the church. It's part of an initiation. But it was all based on pride. Now, we need to get rid of pride. If any of us are suffering suffering from pride, pride will destroy our church, our churches. It will destroy it. We need to get rid of all pride. Pride is no good. Hallelujah. Ask God to speak to our hearts so we can see the fruits of pride in our life. Ask friends, friends who you trust, do you see any pride in me? Am I behaving badly? Am I arrogant? Do I have a haughty spirit? And do not be afraid of what they tell you. We must meet the qualifications if we're going to serve God. Humility is the thing that everything else is built upon. Don't ask God to humble us. Let's have a look at First Peter 5.6. We have to learn to humble ourselves, not ask God to humble us. Hallelujah. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I'll read 7 and 8 as well. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We've got to humble ourselves. Humility is 
a state of mind. It's something that we must do every day. It's not an emotion. It's a state of mind. It's a decision we make. The Bible says in the book of Romans, be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think and act differently. We can only do that when we humble ourselves to God. Respond to the opportunities God gives us to humble ourselves. We may be in a meeting and someone may give an answer that's incorrect. We've got a lady at our church that loves correcting people when they do something wrong. I've had to speak to her a few times about this because she embarrasses people and puts people in their place. When you see that happen in the church, don't jump and say you made a mistake. It actually says this. Don't embarrass anyone. Humble yourself and give honour to others. Confess your sin of pride to those who will listen to you, for those that will correct you. Hold yourself up accountable and bring the, bring the correction in your life that you need. Be open, honest about your life and the sins. Ask God to give you that hatred of pride and its fruits that will destroy your life. Be alert all the time. Don't allow pride to grow in your heart. Sow to the fruits of the Spirit, not the flesh. Remember that the war we have as born-again believers against pride lasts a lifetime. Put on humility as you put on the whole armour of God. When you put on the whole armour of God, wear humility itself. Humility will give you the greatest freedom you've ever had in your life. You won't have to worry about what other people think about you. It will give you this great freedom. Conforming to the likeness of Jesus Christ. In doing so, God will be glorified in your life. We stand against pride. When we stand against pride, we stand against Satan. We stand against him. He fell. The angels fell with him. And we need to battle against pride. A couple of more scriptures. Let's go to the book of James. James 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read the last scripture now. 
It's from the book of Titus. Titus 3, verse 2. Hallelujah. It says, To speak evil of no man, and to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. When we have pride, we're not meek, we're puffed up. Beware the leaven of the Pharisee. Thank you for listening. I will go back to this subject. I've got lots more to say about it. Last week, I spoke about operating under Christ's authority, and we'll go back to that as well. I'd like to thank Shannon for allowing me to do this show today. I know that he never intended to, and because of my forgetfulness, I thought there was a show today, but I'm so glad that I did this show. And may God bless you all in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm uh, I'm glad we did a program. I was bored. I said, Brother Michael, Amen. let's do it. <laughs> I've got nothing else Amen. to do. Um, Amen. Praise the Lord. And a great way to start the uh, birthday off here today. Praise the Lord. I made it another year. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Brother Amen. Michael, what shall we title this archive for the archive? The, fru- the Fruits of Pride. Okay, the Fruits of Pride. It is. Excellent yeah. teaching. Now, okay. I want you to tell people how to make contact with you and how they can support your ministry. Okay, well, I'll I tell you now, I'm going to leave you my mobile phone number. You will have to add the international code at the start of it. But it's 07469 You can text me or ring me. I'm on WhatsApp, so you can contact me on WhatsApp. That won't cost you anything. Uh, my email address is frame. Cummins123 at AOL.com. There's a PayPal account registered there. Also, there's a Skype address there. So if you have real problems and you need some help, please contact me. If you live in the London area, uh, the church is Kilburn Christian Fellowship, 4 Aldershot Road, London Northwest 6. Please come. We have a Thursday service, Bible study, Friday Friday evening prayer intercession and a Sunday service from 1 o'clock, from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock and I'm usually in church till 5 o'clock praying for people after. If you want to support my ministry, I would be grateful to you and I thank you for all those who support me on a regular basis. May God bless you. I thank you for Christina and Ariana in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I'd like to say hello to Jill in New Zealand, people who have contacted me in the past. And I prayed for Steve earlier from South America. And, and please contact me if you've got problems. I'm here to help you. God truly bless you. My friend, an honor to be here with you today. We love you. And uh, I'll get this up here shortly. And we'll see you again next week. Next week. I'll get it right next week. I promise I won't forget next week. I won't get it wrong again. No, brother, listen, it was actually a blessing you called me. Amen. Uh, I'm All glad right, to be here. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you very much, Sincerely, and have a wonderful birthday. May God bless you. Thank you. And really 
pour some gifts into your life now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I receive that. Thank you, my friend. Folks, that was Pastor Michael Cummins. Uh, Great teaching today. Yeah, we're sitting here. Everybody's went to bed. I'm bored. This is the time we normally do a program. And Brother Michael called me. I said, if you're ready, let's do it. So here we are. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. I've also got two more reloaded programs I just uploaded. I've got to put a title on them, but they're there in the archive. God bless you all. Happy Thanksgiving to each of you tomorrow. And um, we will see you again, God willing, on Monday. I will be putting some reloaded broadcasts so into the archives between now and then. So more content for you if you'd like to listen to some stuff over this week. Thank you again, folks, from MegamanRadio.com.